and welcome back to The Abnormal Christian. I am Brad Mason. I'm here today with my wife, Natasha Mason. Hi. <laughs> I think she's a little incensed because I made us start the podcast over. Um, but anyway, so this episode, we did a couple episodes before the last episode I had we had recorded was about prayer, and I did not upload it because it didn't turn out well. And so today I asked the wife on text, I said, would you like to podcast today? And she said, yes. And I said, okay, pick some topics pick two topics so uh, she has a topic for us today what's that topic is what you see here consume really that important to maintaining your walk with god in other words watching nudity swearing or watching shows that have a lot of swearing in them or drinking a glass of wine Right. Or smoking a cigarette. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Hold on now. The Bible don't say nothing about smoking my camels. This is true. It doesn't say anything you, you about that. You won't find it that. It doesn't say anything about doing crack cocaine or, you know, drugs. I mean. Anything that would alter you, I suppose. Right, right. So that's a great question, and I think a lot of Christians don't want to hear the answers to this because it would interfere with their life. Um, so uh, this is a big question. If you're listening to this episode of the podcast and it hurts your feelings, I'm sorry. Um, but it's going to hurt my feelings too, because there's some things here that we have to admit and a reality that we need to face that we don't, um, that we are bought and paid for with a price by God through his son, through the shed blood of Jesus. We don't belong to ourselves. We belong to God. Um, then the scripture gives us a decree of be holy as I am holy. This is not a request. It is not a suggestion. It is a statement. Be ye holy as I am holy. Be holy because I'm holy. It's not a question mark. Right. It's end. it's not an optional thing that should be out there. Um, I'll say this. We'll get into a little more of it. But um, growing up over the years, I've had the opportunity to meet Mennonites and Amish people. And there's a lot of people out there who have separated themselves from the world by the way they look and by the where they live and by the way they talk. And so um, they've taken those things, and they but there's still some underlying problems. Like some groups... Um, you can't wear a blue shirt because it's, you know, that offends the Lord. I mean, there's literally these groups that if you had a red shirt, they get jealous of that. So the envy and the right. the desire to have material gains are still there, even though they've separated themselves in so many ways from um, the others around them. Um, so, I mean, let's get to more of the Christian life. The, 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 this is what we are, the abnormal Christian. We live in the world. We want to be more like Christ. We want to be more like, uh, you know, our Father in heaven. We want to uh, honor him in all that we do and say. And those are the words that come out of my mouth. But is that really the honest truth? Is that really what we're thinking all of the time? Um, I was thinking yesterday, I, was, I think I was laying in bed last night, and I was thinking about a couple of weeks ago, there was like six or seven days there where I was just absolutely consumed with the Bible. And it was on my mind all the time. And it, it was really to the point to where I really thought it was way too much because I think I said something to you. I said, I don't know what's going on, but this is on my mind all the time. And, you know, it's this. it was this feeling of... Um, where the Lord's all, he's giving me more to, to meditate on, to think about. And, uh, it's this constant state and, and it's tough. It's tough to live there. I think sometimes because this body doesn't want to do that. The flesh doesn't want to live in that space where it is constantly trying to, uh, where, where we're constantly having to crucify it, right? We, the body doesn't want to do that. It wants to live in the world. It wants to be a part of the world. Um, we want what feels good. And sometimes, when we have to consecrate ourselves unto God, it gets to be difficult because we have to deny things. We have to say, you know, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to watch that. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to say that. And the average, I'm going to say the average Joe basic Christian out there on the street doesn't probably give that much of a thought. No, they watch the 
the newest movie and don't even really think about the naked lady in it or the curse words or so uh, we're gonna apart from the bible right Um, because the scripture gives us a lot of different examples adam and eve were in the garden of eden people say well nudity is not wrong adam and eve were in the garden of eden they sin and immediately the bible says their eyes were open and they realized that they were naked and they were ashamed so there's some kind of shame that came along with really realizing that they were naked um there was an instance i believe it was um I want to say it was Noah, but I don't think it was Noah. I have to get I have to look. But there's an instance where uh, the sons saw the father laying in the tent naked, and they were. It was a shame. It was a shame for them to see their father naked. I think it was Noah because he had drank a little too much. Yeah, it could have been or lot or uh, it's all those guys. The Old Testament guys are all over the place. Um, but there was a lot of different things there. So there's a couple of instances in the scripture where people are naked and, um, you know, it was a shame. And I think that's even in the New Testament, the Bible says, you know, um, in the last day and at judgment, people are going to say, you saw me hungry and you didn't feed me, saw me thirsty, you didn't give me food. You saw me naked and you didn't clothe me because it was a shame because you saw that something was wrong that's a state of wrongness nakedness um so you saw that they were naked and cold and you didn't clothe them so people look at you know nudity for example in movies and they go ah it's no big deal it's you know ah, i can handle it um but the the truth of the matter is it's it's what we're letting inside of our heart right it comes in through the eyes and it goes into our heart then it's in our mind and it's rolling around and we think back on that image or we think back on that movie and we think back on that scene that we saw and honestly and i don't i'm not trying to be grotesque but the difference between a movie that has nudity in it and a, a pornography it's just nudity they're now they're engaging in acts that nobody should be watching but it really is at the base it's just nudity right i mean they're just going a little further with it someone just say that it's um Oh, it's, uh, well, there's some out there who say it's a natural act. It's animalistic. and it's Right. And those are the people who don't probably have good moral convictions. I would say those people who don't genuinely have a love for the Lord and want to walk in rightness because they see it as just an, uh, this is how animals behave and we're descendants of Well, that. I think we started talking on this topic because I don't remember what it was that we were talking about looking at. And your friend, one of your friends had said, that they let their young child watch it. Right. And you were like, why would you, why yeah, do you do that? And he was, said, um, well, they're going to hear it anyway. It was, I think it was a, the first Spider-Man movie, Homecoming. There was a scene where the teacher walks in and the Hispanic kid is sitting at the computer. She catches him in the computer lab doing something for Spider-Man. She says, what are you doing? And he says, um, I'm looking at porn. Right, And so I'm thinking, this is a movie that tons of kids go and see, and here you are giving them a reference. Something, they might not even know what it is. They might not even know that word. But now they're exposed to this it's word. in and their vernacular yes, now. Now it's a curiosity. What, it means, right? what does that mean? I don't, mommy, what does that mean? You know, now people have to explain that. But the bad thing is that I think the majority of the world, people who are not Christians, are sitting there going, well, this is something I look at every day, so it's really no big deal, right? So, so the teacher would be okay with him looking at porn as opposed to helping Spider-Man. Yeah. It made no sense to me, and I think when I look when I when I talked to my friend about it, I was stunned because he was more or less saying, "Well, they're going to hear curse words, and they're going to hear all these things, and uh, you know they got to learn it sometime. They're going to hear it sometime. So you know, as long as I'm around to kind of point them in the right direction." And I'm like, "But are you really pointing them in the right direction? Are you telling them that's not how you should be, or are you saying that don't use that now? You can use it when you grow up to be an adult." And that's more or less the direction he's taken because. 
that's him, right? So, and that's no judgment on him. But the, the point is, is that that stuff does have an effect on us. Um, I grew up, as you know, I grew up in a Christian home. My dad and my mom didn't swear. I didn't grow up around cussing. I didn't, uh, it wasn't in my house. Um, I didn't actually get around people who swore a lot until I was 18 years old and I went to work in the furniture plant. And then I had people cussing like nobody's business and they cussed all the time and they cussed around me. And it, it, it's been something in my life, um, that I don't do myself that often. And I don't, I don't find myself wanting to say those words. There's no desire there to want to say those words. Um, somebody asked me the other day or actually made the statement said, Oh, well, you don't cuss because you're preventing yourself from doing it. And I said, no, that's not it at all. If I were to use a curse word, it would be forcing myself and it would almost be like spitting ugliness out of my mouth for me. It's just that it just doesn't, it doesn't come off of my tongue or come out of my mouth and make me feel any sort of way. Um, any, any sort of way that's good for the vast majority of people, for the vast majority of people it's become like a conjunction or, uh, and you know, it's just like the, SpongeBob would say a sentence enhancer. Yeah. It's in the middle. I mean, this is the way. So all of that goes back to say, um, let's use curse words in the English, American English curse words. Are they incorrect? Are all these dirty words incorrect? Yes, they're incorrect, but it is basically based upon the number one, the meaning behind the word and the intent, the way that used right so because there's in different countries there's different words that are sure. considered curse words well in hebrew in biblical hebrew there are no curse words like if you go to israel today there's no curse words in hebrew they have to borrow from the arabs and the Aram, not the aramaic but the arabs to curse they use a arab word or arab curse word to curse someone because there's not a curse word in biblical hebrew um and so when you look at when you look at America, right. When you look at America, our words here, probably derivative from some other words from other countries, um, but they don't mean the same in another country. I mean, we were, I think we were in England. In America, when people flip you the bird, that means one thing, right? But in England, when they give you two fingers, like up, almost like we do the peace sign, that means the same thing as the middle finger. So it's a little bit different based on where you live. But all of that comes back to the intent of the person doing it. Um, you know, the Bible has the word hell in it and it says hell a few times, um, where it's a place where the fire is not quenched and the worm dieth not used in context. It is a correct word. Nobody would, nobody should ever want to go to hell. It's a bad place. Telling someone to go is an abuse of that word. It is, is absolutely the intent of my heart spoken through because the Bible says out of the mouth comes in, you know, basically the intentions of the heart. What's in my heart coming out of my mouth. So that's the real breakdown on curse words. Cause I got, a, I got another friend. I know who's a Christian guy who uh, doesn't think that cursing is wrong. He thinks that is, you know, as long as it's just part of your vernacular and you're not meaning it to be ugly. And it's just, uh, he thinks How that's are you just not meaning it to be ugly? because you're using it as a, 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 a describer instead of saying the word bum. Well, you're describing something, right? So instead of just saying, I'm not going to use a curse word, but instead of saying something is big, you would say it's the F word big. I mean, you're, you're, it's a describer, it's an adjective. right? And it's, I, I get what he's saying, but it's still going to be offensive to somebody somewhere. And it's still not right because you don't have to say that. And I think that's the, the, the point. 
is the more the easier we do things right so I, I started taking karate when i was 15 years old and i did it until i was like 27 when i first started doing it it was really hard and i had to stretch and i had to practice a lot but the more i did it the easier it got and the more i did it the better i got at it and and cursing is the same way it's difficult to start you don't use these words little children don't know these words but the more they learn them the easier it gets to be well if they hear their parents or whoever they're around then they right and perceive that as being normal right and and it is and so it becomes easy it becomes it come, rolls off the tongue next thing you know you're saying it we've heard it you've you've been around people who've said curse words and it's just like another word they're using i, I worked with a guy the other day he cur, used four curse words in the same sentence without anything else there was no other words but four cuss words linked together in one long and he was angry when he said it and it was ugly and it was you know it was inappropriate um, so I think when we subject ourselves, say we don't use curse words ourselves, but we go to a movie that has tons of curse words in it, tons of cursing in it. Or we take our kids. Right. Um, is that hurting our relationship with God? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to say for me it is. For you, if you're listening to this and you think you're a concrete wall, that's fantastic and wonderful. Sin just bounces off of you. But for me, it is absolutely puts, it puts a problem. It's a problem because I'm allowing these things to come into my head. And the more they're in my head and the more I'm hearing them, the easier it is for me to accept it. And and the easier it is for me to accept sin, then I stop realizing that it's offensive. Um, so I grew up when people said GD, right? That used to be a really ugly, offensive word. You don't ever say that because you're profaning the name of God. But when you work around people and they use that word more, you find that your offensiveness to it drops down you, you you stop being offended by it now it's just something you've heard all the time now it's just well they're profaning god's you know god's name or title not really his name but more of his title and i've just become to accept it or i've come to accept it because i just heard it so much you become desensitized to it. right and as a christian i don't i should never this is this is a, probably a good key point for this as a christian you should never ever be desensitized to sin because the moment you become desensitized to sin is the moment you're right at the precipice of giving into it. I mean, uh, um, so this week we we had two. Uh, we'll talk. Bring this up. There were two gentlemen who were arrested the other day, and this is a good point. They're Christian men. I'm not going to say their names or anything like that, but the, they were arrested. They were Christians, uh, professing Christians. Yeah, they. Let's use uh, that. And you know, they made. They made mistakes, right? They, so. Yeah. I mean, they're both like. Blah, blah, blah. Well, they made big mistakes. They one one worked at a Christian school, and he had an inappropriate relationship with one of the students. Another was a Sunday school teacher who had an inappropriate relationship with a twelve-year-old girl. Um, do you think that that just popped up? That those things happened just out, out of, of nowhere? They just out of the blue. It was just like here, I'm going to do this. I don't believe that for no, a bit. I no, don't believe it for a bit. Not because I, and I'm going to use this as an extreme <laughs> example. But if you look at um, uh, mass murderers, right, serial killers, if you go back and you look at where they started, most of them started by killing animals. They They've, killed small. They fantasized yes. about it for a long exactly. time before they actually right. did anything. So these men who did these things with these underage girls, I don't believe for a minute that they popped up and they just decided, well, I'm going to do this right now because this is great. I've never thought about this one second exactly right now. i think there was some influence in their life there was something that they saw there was something that they watched there was something that they did there was something that led them down that path to the point to where they had accepted sin they've become okay with it to the point that they gave into it right that they stepped across the line that they yeah. in all well likelihood knew was wrong 
but something made them feel comfortable enough to step over that line. And that's a, I think that's a great point. And that is exactly where the Bible talks about guarding our hearts. You had mentioned that earlier, is that we're supposed to guard our hearts because we're, you know, the Bible says when temptation comes to you, what are you supposed to do? Flee from it. You're supposed to flee. You're supposed to run away. The Bible doesn't ever say stand there and fight it. It doesn't say uh, sit on the fence. and. But I think sometimes it's easy to see the big sin and to know and point and say that is sin but when it's almost like an insidious thing that creeps up on you where you but yeah, i agreed agreed um in the old testament there were sins of omissions and sins of commissions there were sins that people did that they didn't even know were sins not until it was made aware to them that they had done something wrong, right? It was that idea of where they had offended somebody or they had, they had gone on somebody's land or they had, they had one of the neighbor's sheep had got mixed in with mine and I didn't know it. And apparently I'm now I've stole something that wasn't mine. I didn't know that. Um, so I think what we're talking about here is a little bit different though, because we're talking about that situation where we know up front what is in that and we're going to sit there and do it anyway and i'm going to hurt a lot of people's feelings because i'm going to call something out real quick i'm going to throw a show out there a big show that everybody and their brother loves and i know christians who love this show game of thrones big show everybody loves it hbo i watched i will admit that i watched i think the first episode or two i couldn't get past it i couldn't stomach it um and i will say in the first episode um there's a ton of nudity in this show there is a ton of profanity in the show there's a a ton of gore and violence in the show there is uh incest relationships in this show one of the two of the characters are brothers and sisters and in the show i think the very first episode of this show they show them up in a like a uh, castle tower and they're having relations. The story is they're brothers and sisters, and they're getting it on. And I was just disgusted, absolutely, as a Christian, disgusted by this because it is not right. I don't care if it's fantasy or if it's some guy's imagination and he wrote all this stuff. In a, I don't care. It's not anything that I think I should ever have in my mind. A relationship like that is an abomination in the sight of God. There's nobody who should ever support that. I'm not going to know of anybody, no matter their sexual gender or their choices or whatever, who are ever going to say that a brother and sister should have any kind of relations like that. So the very fact that they would film a scene and these two are pretending to be brother and sister is disgusting. It's absolutely, it's morally bankrupt. Now, that's episode one, season one. There were eight seasons of this show. And people loved it. Absolutely loved it and adored it, and it was filled with filth. And I, I, you know, when I say it, I sound like those old 80s preachers when we grew up and we heard them preaching against everything. They're railing against something. They railed against smoking and drinking and, and all those things, all the temptations of the world. And I know I sound like that when I talk about that is because I'm looking at this show and people are going to go, oh, it's a great story, but it's such a good story. And I'm going to go, but it's so much filth you've allowed to go into your brain. And it's so much sin that you've allowed to go into your heart to the point that you accepted it from the first episode and it desensitized you and you continued to watch it. See, there's a difference there. There's a difference between seeing sin, knowing that's wrong, turning around and running away from it, and seeing sin, knowing it's wrong, and saying, I'm going to keep watching it. I'm going to keep doing this and because I want to do this. Not because God wants me to do it, but because I, and this is what it all comes down to, the flesh and self, because I want to please me. And so when you, you, know, you brought the question up, is this 
can we, is it going to hurt our relationship with God? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to hurt. There's no way. I mean, you look at Hollywood even knows this, right? So when they, uh, when they make the Avengers and all these other movies and they have this, uh, these mystical monks in it, they're walking around and they're pious. They're very pious and they're very, they seem very holy because, oh, there's a mystery man from the mountain. You know, I mean, so they, they present that these monks are holy. Um, but we're supposed to be the body of Christ. We're supposed to be spotless and blameless. We're supposed to be a bride for Christ who has no blemish, which means we should not have sin in our life. I mean, I think the idea we've discussed before, can we go a, a whole day without sinning? I, I think it's a possibility. Can I go a week? I don't know. I don't really think we'll make it. But the idea there is, is I should not want to do that. It's like eating something that's disgusting. Um, you try it once and you don't like it. I don't know what it is. What would you say you don't like food-wise? What's something you just can't squid? I don't even want green to try peppers. That. Okay, green peppers. <laughs> so you tried it once and you didn't like it. Do you think if you continue to eat that, that you would become accustomed to it? Yes. Yes. Your distaste for it would probably go away. And you would eventually say, that's okay, I like it. I don't think anybody ever drank a cup of coffee and said, ooh, this is good. I think they drank coffee and they continued to drink Just coffee. You don't like coffee. I, well, if you drink, have you, do you drink straight black coffee? I do not. Know. Okay. Why don't you drink straight black coffee? Because it's not good, it's bitter. <laughs> so you drink straight black coffee, and there may be a, 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 a person or two, but there's nobody who picked it up and drank it and went, ooh, this is good. They added sugar, they added this and that until it became something they Palatable. could tolerate. Right. So sin is the same way. As long as we allow it in our lives and as long as we give our minds over to it, it's going to become, it'll get to a point to where we accept it for what it is and it's not wrong. And well, we know it's wrong, but I can handle it because I'm stronger. I'm, I'm strong. I'm strong. I'm stronger than everybody else. You know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not one of those weak Christians, right? So one of the verses I wanted to read for this was second. Second Corinthians ten five, and it says, "Casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ." And it's talking about our thought processes and and our and how we think and what we do. We're supposed to cast down all those things, everything that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. What does that mean? That means sin, all the things that are wrong. Those things that we know are sin, they sin exalts itself above God. It says, I'm more important than God is. I'm more important than holiness is. I'm more important than you need to be to God. And so when we allow ourselves to, to live in sin, to commit sin, to dwell in sin, we're, effect, we're in effect saying, my choices and my sin is higher than you are, God. I don't need, you know, I don't need your instruction or your knowledge. But it's the very idea that we should take those things. Then the scripture says, take those thoughts captive. Why are we taking the thoughts captive? Because we're supposed to take them, hold them, and go, is this right or is this wrong? And this is something we need to do. This is something Christians need to learn, is that we can have thoughts, but we have to take them captive, analyze those thoughts, and then rebuke those thoughts. No, that's not right. I shouldn't, you know, you know I'm not, no, I'm not going there. Um, I had a, a buddy of mine one time, he asked me about, like looking at women, uh, even that idea of thought, the thought process of, is it possible to see a good looking woman, uh, attractive lady and say, Oh, she's attractive without having 
lustful thoughts. Going a step too. Exactly. Going a step too far. And I said, absolutely. I think it is. Do I think you should do that as a, a husband or as a Christian man? No, I don't think that's necessarily, you don't need to do that. Why do you need to do, why would I need to acknowledge that somebody is attractive or not? Because I think then I begin to open myself to go down a path. Oh, she's pretty. Oh, she's pretty. And she is. Oh, she's even, but you know what I'm saying? I think you're, you're feeding into that lustful side of who you are and it's not respectful to your wife or yourself or to your God. It's, Hey, that's a person. Uh, they're good for them. You know, they want to wear that, whatever. And, you know, I just don't think we need to do that. Um, so, and sometimes it's hard for me because it's hard for me to believe. <laughs> I'm not, school, I, no, school I'm not saying it's hard for me to believe. Like I can obviously see that, that, that woman is very attractive right but you know i struggle with that kind of stuff because and it's not that i don't again i'm saying that you can have a thought but you have to take that thought in and you have to analyze or or present that thought against what is right and wrong is it wrong to ever say that someone is attractive no it's not it's not it's there's nothing wrong with that i'm looking at somebody and go wow that's that's a good looking man uh it's not something i'll ever do (laughs) but uh, looking at looking at another lady and saying she's attractive what she's really put together you know i don't think there's anything wrong with that you like that? Boy, she's really put together. Like you were 80 years old. <laughs> no, it's not like old man. But that's that's me. But again, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it's when we allow ourselves to go to the next levels and those next steps of, um, you know, thinking about how she's dressed or what she's doing. You know, it just it gets to be too much. And men are very susceptible to this because we we're visual, everything we see, and so you know. Anyway, um, so yeah, which I really would lead do. to another topic of yeah. dressing. Oh man, Modestly. we don't want to talk about this one. We probably don't have time to talk um, yeah. about that. So uh, we're at the end of the episode here, which we've got so much that we could cover on this. But uh, I heard all the maybe, game. Maybe of, we'll go to so a part two. If you if you watch the Game of Thrones, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. Not trying to, to point you out or call you out. Yes, he did. Yes, um, he did. No, because there's things I know in my own life that I've seen that were not appropriate and I shouldn't have watched. Um, I think my my advice is to try and pick and choose better to try and be a little more discerning i, I know sometimes when you go to the movies you don't know what's when in I it sit here and watch this if jesus was sitting right beside there's me. no way i'm going to sit and watch a game of thrones if jesus is sitting beside me oh guess what if you're a christian he dwells and lives in you and god the father sees everything you do i mean that's the honest truth so let's end on that what would jesus so yeah if you if you have if you're very weak on some of these uh, moral capacities just remember that god's watching he's always watching all right so that's the end of this episode uh the abnormal christian i almost said the name of the other podcast uh the abnormal christian we are on itunes we are on i think we have a facebook page we have a indeed uh, and are we on indeed.com i don't know okay so uh, we're on instagram i don't even know what that is um so check us out on the gram i don't know anyway all right so we'll catch you next time thanks for listening (laughs) bye